Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. What up, everybody? This is Double G from the Fight Game Podcast alongside John for our big show tonight. What's going on, man? Not much, man. How you been? It was a rough week. I will say that for sure. All the stuff that happened last weekend and me doing Observer Radio and us having to do a show about the speaking out movement uh, uh, for Observer Radio was really tough. Um, when you do that kind of show, uh, there's some criticism involved, and so you have to deal with that. But just the heaviness of the topic and just, you know, frustrated with a lot of the negativity going on in the world. It was all at once, and it it kind of it kind of got to me. But, you know, you just kind of have to keep going and, and not super dwell on it. But, you know, it's stuff that somewhat that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, coronavirus related to. And, you know, it's just it's just I just feel so sad and frustrated and and it's not like you know i i'm fine right i don't have the coronavirus i don't have any of these issues with the speaking out uh situation you know police brutality is still a thing like we don't want to forget about that but um you know i'm just i'm just it's, it's just a down time i i just you know i wonder how people are are, are kind of staying up you know because so much negativity going on yeah you know i was thinking you know with the announcement of the uh, mlb starting up and at the end of july i was thinking like man you know people man we really need some kind of distraction a lot of stuff everyone's so everyone's so down we need some kind of distraction with some sports but i was thinking now with the covid19 and the wwe you know with the, you know uh, multiple people getting diagnosed with it i was thinking like man what's gonna happen too when sports start and you know basketball season's going and all of a sudden have a team is hit with it right or same thing with baseball and how's that going to affect everything and so we're gonna go right back into being down and out you know we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to use it as a distraction i just feel like that's just gonna happen and i was like man it's just we gotta get through this crap it's just i'm, I'm getting tired of it i was um really feeling down today just just a simple just a simple like i, mean, I love you my family and everything but just like i miss socializing Mm-hmm. I mean, work is work, and I go into office now, and that's fine. I'm talking about you, Dutra, Rubio, Jeremy. You know the guys. You know just to just to just to shoot the crap and just have a laugh. And I really, I just like really like God. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just dying for that right now. I just, I miss it so much. I know we have our podcast and we talk, but it's just not the same. You know. I mean, I love it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, in, in baseball and basketball, they're mm-hmm. going to go through some tough times because, uh, you know, baseball is they're they're still traveling. You know, it's going to be outdoors, but you know, baseball. If people think, oh yeah, you know, baseball, 
players aren't necessarily near each other. What happens when a guy's on first base? Uh, well, first baseman holds on the runner. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens when there's a guy at second base? Well, you know, short subs kind of kicking dirt behind second base to make sure he doesn't go too far. What happens when there's a play at the plate? What happens when there's a batter? Catcher's right behind him. Umpire's right behind him. So that, you know, you're, the baseball is not the necessarily what people think the greatest sport to do this. Um, and then basketball, I, I, I thought they were going to do this biodome situation where you get to, uh, you know, you kind of make sure that everyone quarantines together and nobody can leave. And it sounds like that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's going to be Disney World employees who are going to be in and out um, who, you know, of, of that area. So I, I really feel bad for all these athletes because, you know, there's so much pressure on them to come back and you know, I think a lot of people see it your way, like, oh, you know, we need a distraction. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, these people need to worry about themselves and their families mm-hmm. too. And and I know there's a lot of heat because, you know, the, the money and the way the money is situated in pro sports, it's so heavily based around TV. And if you don't have a product, you don't get paid like that's, a, you know, that that whole thing. So. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, we're really hoping like we just want like a little distraction, right? Some kind of form of entertainment to get us through this. But then our that that entertainment of choice being whatever sport it is going to be MLB or NBA or even NFL. You know, something's going to happen and we're going to be right back down and out, you know, and we're we're not going to use that be able to escape with it. And it's just it's it's really depressing, man. Think about it. Well, I mean, you know, ni- ni- nice little sports mention so that we can mention our sponsor, uh, Bet Online. Uh, so, a couple of things about this show. Uh, I just wanted to shout out a couple of things that have been happening on the website. Um, so, uh, Justin Nipper's uh, part two of his story on Hanakamura. This one is more focused on her mother Kyoko. Uh, you know, he's he's been really working hard on this. He's he's very. He, he, he wants to get the story right. And, you know, he's got a couple of people, one of them, Fumi Saito, who's given him feedback. And, you know, Justin's working really hard on this, on the story. I think he's got one more piece, uh, mm-hmm. part three, that's going to go up. And, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's just a something that is I, like, I wouldn't even really call it. I, I don't even know what to call it. It's, it's really just a very thoughtful, a very beautiful story about um, uh, a part of wrestling that you know we don't cover a lot. A lot of a lot of the American websites don't cover, but because Justin has such a close tie to Japan, he understands the culture very well, and you know he he knows he knows the the product and and he follows the product. So it's been it's been really cool to see those articles come out and uh you know i know he's he kind of gets stressed out a little bit because he just wants so badly for you know the people around the business to to enjoy it you know the whole idea about writing about hannah kimura was to make sure that we wrote about that 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 we represented sort of a a positive uh, a positivity to to her life and a positivity to the story rather than just, you know, reporting and investigating on, on the negative. So Justin's done a really good job on those. So I hope that folks who listen to this have, uh, have read those. If you, if you have, you know, a little bit more about Hana Kimura and her mother, uh, than, than you did prior. Uh, also, uh, Robert Silva's greatest fights of all time. We are in the top 20. We're counting down. It started at 50. And we did five fights per post. 
And now that it's in the top 20, we are going to do one fight per post, but post twice a week until we get down to that greatest fight of all time. And also uh, on Friday, maybe even by the time you listen to this, Eddie Hearn is going to have his announcement on his version of empty arena boxing which i think is gonna be like on his property like he's like i guess he's got this gigantic mansion and maybe there's gonna be i i don't know what the the, what the what the recent update is that that's what i had heard uh, several weeks back but he might have eddie hearn might have his own in your house fights wow Hey, you heard uh, just on the grill just on the grill like (laughs) grilling dogs up with the guys getting ready to fight yeah Yeah. i'm down for that and and DAZN needs the content too because I haven't logged into DAZN you know in so long and his product is such a big part of that app so I'll be glad to finally log in because I feel like I'm wasting my money with with that app but you know so be it don't want you know we don't want folks to go out of business so um, also New Japan Cup starts round or we're in we're in round two second half of the bracket for round two starts uh on wednesday i believe so those of you who are in the new japan cup challenge i guess i might as well quickly uh quickly give folks a little bit of a um a little bit of an update on on what the scoring is right now so uh so everyone knows the challenge you know we had i think we had 32 brackets and we do it just like March Madness style. First round winner, you get a point. As we move on to the second round, that score doubles, and it doubles uh, it doubles from there every round. So I'll just list off the top 10, and, and I will preface this by saying that Dave Meltzer cannot win, so do not worry. He, uh, he only missed one match in the first round. Um, so after uh, the first half of, of uh, round two or or our uh, our next round. So Justin Payne, a.k.a. Junior Horseman, yeah. he, he and Dave Meltzer are tied with 23 points. Nick, our buddy Nick, Nick McMood, has 22. Aaron Stone, newcomer to the group, uh, has 21. Robert Stock, still another newcomer at 21 points. Paul Fontaine, also at 21 points. The aforementioned Dave Dutra has 20 S.T.E. Allen. I don't know what S.T.E.'s first name is. I don't know if it's pronounced Ste, Stee. Maybe he's known as Stee Allen. Maybe that is his first name. I should ask him. Uh, but he has 20. Juan Carlos Reneo, who, if you follow him on Twitter, he's got a really fun Twitter account, has 20. J.D. Oliva also has 20. So, um, that is our, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That is our top 10, and I am like somewhere near the bottom with only a mere 18 because I screwed up the Tanahashi, uh, Kota Ibushi side of the bracket. I had Tanahashi winning and Kota losing, and Tanahashi lost and Kota won. So I, I, I screwed myself there. Okay, so uh, now let's uh, preview this. The, we're not going to really talk about this until Monday, but I wanted to kind of preview. The second half of our We Want Flair story with uh, Sting and Ric Flair at the Great American Bash. At the last where we left was, um, uh, I think we left with the end of 89 with Starcade. 
Mm-hmm. And so we will begin to talk about 1990. We'll talk about the Clash of the Champions uh, right before Russell War. We'll talk about Sting's knee injury. And there's a lot of stuff that I didn't realize around Flair and Heard. I had assumed, like we we knew that we knew that there were problems, you know, right when Heard took over. We also knew that there were problems in '91 because we talked all about that with the Flair Fujinami. We want Flair. But there's still tons of stuff with Flair and Heard going that, uh, as I was doing the research, that that comes up here. And, um, you know, we'll take it all the way through the uh, Capital Combat, through the Russell War, through the the one Clash of Champions I've never watched, which is the one right before the Great American Bash with Flair and the Junkyard Dog as the main event. I've never watched that show. You have to watch that show. It is fantastic other than the main event. Basically, so um, it's, I, I will also tell a Big John Stud story and how that fits with this show. I will tell you at that point, but it very much fits with the Great American Bash and and leading up to this show. And then we'll talk about the match, uh, Flair and Sting. I just watched it today, and it is uh, it is pretty good. It's better than I remember, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... Definitely better than I remember. Um, I haven't watched in a very long time, so it was a lot of fun. And I got the goosebumps. I got the goosebumps at the entrances. I got goosebumps during Jim Ross and Bob Cottle's uh, call of the match. So it was a lot of fun to go back, definitely. So we'll have that on Monday's show. And uh, yeah, so let's get to uh, the first topic. Uh, and, and this is more of an update than anything else, because we kind of gave our thoughts on the speaking out situation as it was uh, as it was kind of growing when we last talked on on uh thursday not on monday's show but on thursday's show the um some of the names that came out uh jim Cornette. i know he explained himself with he and his wife on his podcast marty Skrull, uh he has he's uh, written a couple of different posts that I'm not sure that he's making the situation better but uh i'm not sure his strategy uh, joey ryan situation is just horrendous it's like it's so bad like oh, just yeah. uh, and and you know i don't i don't think uh, our buddy dave dutra would 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 bother or, or would be frustrated with me saying but he was so shocked because he's wrestled joey uh, more than one occasion and was just so shocked that you know, this information was out there. But from what I understand, like, that's almost everybody. Not exactly everybody. But it sounds like, you know, no one really knew from the people who he worked with about this really crazy uh, situation, this really sordid past of his. Yeah, I mean, I I never saw anything. I worked with him many times and, you know, seen him around the locker room and he's always been, comes in and he's kind of a little more of an introverted kind of guy. At least, you know, at least with me, he's just seemed kind of shy and he's you know he's just pretty quiet and nice and respectful and so yeah then I first, when i first heard the first allegation i was like man i don't know i can't imagine that you know something doesn't seem right but then like one after the other like four five six like all this stuff so i'm like okay well <laughs> there's obviously a pattern here and and um so yeah that was uh, a shocker and um i don't know man it could I don't know if he's pressed, getting charged and pressed against him or what happens next with him because um, while this stuff was reading, I, could, I just couldn't believe it. But it's very sad, very sad. Um, people being fired from the companies. Joey Ryan, of course, you know, we talked about being fired from Impact. Dave Christ being fired from Impact. 
um, Michael Elgin being, I guess he's just suspended from Impact. Yeah, they're, they're, they, I think they're trying to figure out what to do. The one I was shocked because because um, we're watching Dynamite was seeing Justin Roberts doing the the ring announcing when someone came out on him and he's out there ring announcing and uh, that was a shocker. I, I, I was actually expecting um, Dasha to be the ring announcer this week and and there was Justin right there in the middle doing this doing this doing his job. So. I don't know what happened with that or if it's, I don't think everyone's ever said anything, right? So. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I saw, I saw the same thing that you did and I was surprised to see him and I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means that, that AEW doesn't believe the story or that they didn't find anything malicious about it or whatever. But, um, the the other thing, I mean, sort of not related to this, but I think it it's kind of interesting just because of the timing, which is you have all of these women speaking out, and then just before we went to record, Tessa Blanchard is basically let go from her TNA contract. I guess it was either up or, or near being up, and she was supposed to do some stuff for the upcoming show, and just decided to not do it and mail it in and i guess there there may have been a um there may there there may have been a negotiation on on what her new contract was and maybe this was her leverage but yeah impact kind of let her go and i, I kind of wonder where like we, you know we've had this conversation before which is who who is the the one company that signs her because on one hand you have a really generational talent and you know obviously you know people are looking for female wrestlers who can go and she can absolutely go and on the other hand she's just her her rep is that she's just horrendous person to be around in the locker room so i don't i don't know you know what do you think about her situation yeah i mean that's all i've i mean we had her at the cow Powell show and she was she was fine there. She's very, you know, nice. You know, I, don't, I didn't really talk to her too long, but you know, she was, she was professional there. But um, I know that a lot of people have gone come out about about her and a lot of negative things about her. So I don't know where she lands. I mean, I know WWE passed on her. Would they pass on her again? In in this new world where mm-hmm. they're trying to keep talent from AEW and other companies. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's a good question. I, I, but can you? See, I mean, AEW could use her big time for that division. She's definitely needed. But I don't know the situation in that locker room when it comes to her too, right? So, um, if there's no, if AEW doesn't want her, they, I don't think WWE really would press hard for her. But maybe they, if they do, they'll just play the game maybe and 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 sign, try to sign her away. But. Yeah, I mean, where else could she go, really? I mean, um, MLW, I mean, I don't know if they can really afford her. ROH. Um, ROH, but she's she's one of those people that might not, her options might not be as open as you think. So, um, but I could see maybe WWE giving her a shot and seeing how, how it goes, but um, I can also see them, you know, making it, it could be a short relationship too, as well. If I was WWE, and the and the thing about it is, is if there was fans, I think this this idea would be much stronger. But we know that Charlotte is going to be out for a little while, probably mm-hmm. for three couple months, right? The thought is maybe she comes back by SummerSlam. 
I would debut Tessa as like the surprise woman, have her and Charlotte have a match, really put over the idea that who Tessa's family is, Magnum TA, Tully Blanchard. This is, you know, Charlotte's whole thing is, is she, you know, she's wrestling royalty. And you have another wrestling royalty and have them have a kick-ass match and Tessa beats Charlotte in this shocking match and then you do, you know, uh, three matches or, or, or whatever and then really use that as Tessa's test run and the fact that she's with Charlotte, like she's not going to be able to uh, be the 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 loudest voice in that women's locker room, right? Not with Charlotte around, and you really use use that to kind of say, okay, is Tessa worth the deal? Is she on her best behavior or not? And you know, and and then if she is, then you know, maybe maybe you do sign her to a, a longer term thing. But I would give her like you know, let's sign her for three months or let's sign her for six months and let's put her right with Charlotte so that she understands what the pecking order is. But also, it's her opportunity to basically pad her resume. Like, can she really go? Because we know Charlotte can go. And what 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 is she going to be for uh, for that short short time? And just use it literally like as her job interview. Like this three-match program with Charlotte, or maybe it's two matches. Maybe she's uh, not, you know, not what they want. And then Charlotte beats her twice and then she leaves. But I would, I would do something like that because one of the things that's missing in wrestling right now, just because of the time is like, there's no surprises. Like mm-hmm. we're just, we're just going through the motions and, you know, we got Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre at the next pay-per-view. And I'm just like, never, you know, n- never have I want, have I asked for that match in my entire life. <laughs> and not that it's not going to be okay. I'm sure it'll be fine, but you know, this is not what I want in these quarantine times, like Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. I think it'd be a nice kick in the butt for for WWE for them to do something like that. Yeah, I don't know how much you would mean on Raw or SmackDown. I, you know, I I think she'd be more a little bit more on NXT. I'd probably started there. Yeah, but then she just becomes the most talked about person on that brand. She kind of is. She, she becomes. You know everything that you don't want her to be, which is like the the cock of the walk or whatever the term is. And uh, but if you put her with Charlotte, she's not the she she's not all of a sudden the best woman's wrestler in the company. And she actually there is a, there is a pecking order. There's a bit of a okay, you have to show me what you got. But you put her on NXT, she probably works. You know circles around everybody who is left over there except for Rhea and, and maybe that's a good thing for Rhea but I would just be really worried for for Tessa to kind of be with uh, a lot of the impressionable folks and and uh, I don't know and also she has a thing with uh, she was not on her best behavior with NXT last time right like there's like a little bit of a track record with her there well, that's why I would think have her start off again and I, I don't I don't think she'd be the cock of the walk at, in, the, in the women's division NXT I think you know they have EO there they have Dakota Kai um, Candice is uh, definitely up there when it comes to um, you know pecking order I mean I mean so I, I would think she would still have to be e humble pie going to back to NXT. I, 
I, I don't think that at all, though, because that the, we, we, what we saw, what we've seen in the last few months is that now this may not have been the plan overall, but WWE has basically said without, um, you know, w- w- without uh, Charlotte, without these, these other women who've sort of paved the way for the division, we have, we have Rhea, but Charlotte came back beat everybody you know beat Rhea and, mm-hmm. and cooled her off and then EO won this match where she didn't even pin Charlotte and so it's just like the, I don't know what the the reason was for that and maybe there was a, a longer story to tell but I like I think there are good wrestlers on the women's brand but when it comes to um when it comes to the sort of hotness and when it comes to the what I want like what matches are out there that I want like I could really care less about a big match with the NXT women right now. I don't even know if they know because, you know, Rhea Ripley's messing with, uh, uh, with the, the fake, uh, who, who's the guy? Robert Stone? She's, she's, yeah, she's throwing him in a, in a dumpster and, <laughs> uh, you know, she, she, she's killing Aaliyah. They're going to have like, a match. They're going to have a match next week. Great. Like, <laughs> I know. Another thing I never asked for. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, that's gonna be like, I guess their first intergender match, right? I, I think. Wait, now they've had an intergender match before, I guess. Not an NXT, I don't remember, but uh, oh, they have a they had a, a mixed match. But yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but I just don't think like Tessa. Well, I mean, I don't think she's gonna pop that big of a interest as much, but you know, on Raw or SmackDown, personally, with but Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte's there, gonna right? eat and Charlotte will eat her lunch. Charlotte Charlotte will definitely will definitely She's not gonna be able to bully Charlotte. Oh no. No. And she wouldn't I don't think she would bully anyone in NXT. I don't think she'd bully anyone in WWE. I think they would uh definitely um keep her under control, I think. And I think she's gonna have to eat home pie going anywhere else. Cause like I said, she has a lot of enemies around this in, in the business and a lot of people are, are against her. So she's gonna have to change her attitude when she, whoever she decides it. AEW probably same thing. I bet same thing in that same locker room. There's people that don't like her or don't want her there, but maybe Tony Khan's like, you know, you know what? She She's super talented in the ring. She does, cause she is, she's really good. She's a really good wrestler. And, um, but like let let's let's give it a shot, and then like you know if it doesn't work out, we can always just let her go, and you know and but you, yeah. So I I think she's worth the investment, but I will you know I would definitely you know keep close eye on her. I would definitely you know find out how her attitude is and 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 all that kind of stuff. I think she's gonna have to eat humble pie, and I think she sees like hey if I want to make any kind of money, you got to go two places, you know WWE or, or AEW. I don't think any other promotion anywhere can really offer anything. I mean, unless, I mean, Mexico is not doing anything. Right. So I don't know, you know, being there with her, I don't the know. The only thing that's happened in Mexico is just people are getting the coronavirus. That's yeah. 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 And so they're not shows there. So I, I don't know if she's, is she still with Daga? She's still down there. Is that what the deal is with her? I don't know if she's doing that anymore. I think so. Um, but they aren't they they're engaged right oh okay okay well, i think so i think they're engaged yeah so definitely she's gonna have to change her attitude wherever she lands and, and there's only two places she really can go and, and we'll see which ones decides to, decides to make that investment uh you know a aw needs something because what they're putting out on there right now is they not, not happening they definitely need something to spice that division up and and 
especially with, you know, Rio, their, their biggest, you know, women's stars, not being able to compete there right now. They, they need something. All right. So didn't, I didn't want to, I, I knew I was going to go off on a tangent and, uh, but you know, the, the speaking out story is hopefully going to continue. Um, there will hopefully be, uh, many more people speaking out. I know that, you know, a lot of folks are also scared about speaking out. Dave and I have tried to get guests for the show for Rescue Radio and, you know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not an it's not a fun topic to talk about. It it, it could create enemies. It could uh, get you sued. I, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff. So, you know, I, I know I know it's a it's not easy. So uh, that 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 story will uh, continue, and 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 I hope there will be some justice coming out of it, and we'll keep talking about it. I I you know, it's not gonna it'll probably not go away, and, and we'll we'll keep bringing it up if there is uh, news to bring up. Um, so before we talk about the other big thing, which is the coronavirus issue, I just want to quickly talk about our friends at Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. Pretty big UFC card in about uh, in about a week and a half, so. That, that, that'll be exciting. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, blue wire. Bet Online, your online wagering experts okay so let's talk about the other thing which was um wwe is finally testing for covid covid19 and they've had one major uh positive who is renee young and a second positive that i think is actually uh maybe as important Adam Pierce. And the reason why I think Adam Pierce is an important one is because he is, uh, I don't know if he's Vince's right hand man or Vince's close person, but I know that he works a lot with Vince. And that's a scary one. And this is not for me to say that Vince has anything. I have no idea. But when I heard Adam Pierce was positive, and then somebody told me, well, what about Vince? And I was like, oh, crap. Like, they, you know, they work very closely together. So those two came out. I think WWE is going to have to change their taping schedule. Um, I think they may even have to uh, leave Florida because I don't think Florida is allowing people from other states to fly in. I don't know that exact story, but there's something around travel that's going to make it hard for them. There is a mask mandate in the state now. And so, you know, we've, we, we were talking about this. We've been talking about this since, uh, since March. And they had one positive that we knew about who, who finally came out. Um, you know, you and I knew who it was, but publicly, finally, they came out in Kayla Braxton. Uh, there's, been a, there's another person who was in, on the NXT crew, not really a wrestler that anyone would know from uh, NXT, not really on TV, more or less in the crowd. And then now Renee Young and Adam Pierce. And my guess is that this list is going to get 
a lot longer. And there will probably be active wrestlers who we watch weekly who may disappear, and that may give us a clue uh, of who got it. But, you know, the the thing that's really hard about this story is, is that WWE has been so cavalier with the testing, and there was a story last week where they didn't want people wearing masks on television because of the, you know, the, the, it's a television program. They didn't want people wearing masks for, for whatever reason. And all of these things are sort of now biting them in the butt and, and not just biting them in the butt, but, you know, people getting sick is a big deal. I, the way I think of it is like, I used to tell my youngest son that, you know, if if I told him the stove was hot, he would still have to touch it. Like he wouldn't just believe me and roll. Like he needed to to know by by doing it. And it's almost like WWE is, is the same way in that, you know, UFC as as cavalier as Dana is, these guys are getting tested so often to make sure that they don't have any fighters with the coronavirus going into the octagon. And they're putting, you know, managers or coaches are failing and they're putting them in, in, in rooms. And so it's not perfect. Like the UFC is not perfect in any way. But even Dana White understands how important it is to test. And Vince himself was like, eh, temperature checks are good. And so what I hope that comes out of this is I hope someone shakes the old man and goes, dude, we need to, we need to start acting correct here. Roman Reigns from day one, right? Gone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm out. I, I cannot risk this with my own immune system. Um, and he Kevin just had, had the twins, too. And he, and he just had babies. Kevin Owens has been like, guys, I'm good. Like, I, I am not comfortable working in this environment. Now, that, that may hurt him at some point just by being off TV, but I, there's got to be a better way for WWE to do this I, I, it doesn't sound like they're having a SmackDown show. I think I believe it's like the Undertaker tribute or something, and they're going to air mm. the Boneyard match. So, you know, I, I just hope to God that somebody shakes Vince and goes like, dude, we need to test everybody. We need to quarantine. If we're going to travel, we need to get there in advance. We need to, like, there needs to be a battle plan if they're going to continue to tape wrestling and these, you know, if it goes the way that it's going, people are just going to get sick. And, you know, I I don't think Renee Young has been treated very well from their perspective. So, like, it's not like, you know, that they're they're being thoughtful about this in any way. They're sort of caught off guard. But I don't know how you can get caught off guard mm-hmm. when, you know, you and I have been in our house for three months for yeah. this reason. I do know they've been doing a little more thorough testing than just the um, the temperature checks on a lot of the, the Well, temp- now, so, yeah, now yeah, they yeah. because they got that because they got that other positive. Yeah, so I think I think when that NXT person got, uh, I think they started ramping that up. So, and this is what I'm talking about earlier. This is what I talked about in the opening of the show. Like, you know, like we look, we look for this entertainment to be escape and it just, all this stuff kind of just brings you down and, and I hope, uh, gosh, I, you know, hope the whole, everyone's safe you know you know i know people there and i worry about them oh, and yeah. um and um you know they so far so good everyone's safe but uh but yeah i mean 
it's scary. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what's going to suck. Like, you know, I'm going to be like, cool, baseball, you know, I'm not super excited because it's not, it's not going to be like what it was before, but it's still something. But then all of a sudden, boom, we're going to hit with some team getting hit with coronavirus and it's going to throw everything out of whack and we're just going to be back down and out. And the same thing when I heard about this news, it's like, oh man, like, how's that going to affect the company and the show and this and that and what are they going to do next? And like I said, I was pretty, I was pretty bummed about this news. I'm sure everyone else was bummed about this news there, but hope, yeah, hopefully, I didn't hear about them moving tapings, which would suck. I mean, that's gonna be a tough thing to do. Like, where can they go, right? Um, did, didn't uh, New York like cancel travel in from certain places like Texas and Florida and California? I think too, right? I think they have some kind of like mandate. So I was wondering about Florida too. Will Florida be accepting people in? And and I've been following the spike story like of the. You know, it's just so funny. I talk to people and some people really think it's still like BS, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, so sad. I'm like, but do you see the news about Florida? Do you see the news about Arizona? Do you see the news about Texas, especially in Houston? Like that's, I mean, there's very real, like, you know, places that opened up a little more than other places and now they're having these spikes. So I mean, Yo, California, where yeah. we live, had we live, its yeah. biggest day last week or yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Two days so, in a row, actually, we've been having, you know, really big spikes because we've been loosening up stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, very, very, very scary stuff. And I just, you know, hope everything, hope Renee's okay. I hope um, she's able to fight it off. And I know it's just one of those things where some people can have minor, it's, it wasn't a scary one. It's like there's people that have no symptoms. Yep. They don't even know that they have it. And, it, it. and here's another scary one, too. Kayla got it again, she announced. Okay. And this there, is her there, second. There, there's been a little bit of qualification with that statement. Some people don't believe that there's actual facts that you that that, that there has been someone who has got it twice. Mm. What they okay. think has happened is that the antibodies are still there, so it's quite positive that her false positive test could could be what that is. Now, she she's the one who got it, so I'm sure she is. You know, she is adamantly reading up on it. So, you, I, I don't want to disqualify what she says, but there's just been information about what that could mean. So, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, uh, let me let me read what Dave wrote yesterday. He said Florida is one of the states which essentially on paper would mean that when this goes into effect tomorrow, that anyone who flies from Florida into those three states, meaning uh, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, um, would have to be quarantined for two weeks after arrival. This greatly affects both WWE and AEW, which tape in Florida. AEW is a number of talents that live in the Northeast. WWE has an entire executive branch living in those three states. So, it is not going to be easy for them to get people. Now, does that mean that they have just a Florida crew? Possible. Does that mean that they have talent um, do like a two-week on and then they replace them with other talent and, and do like a two-week on, two-week off so you can actually quarantine correctly? But that would suck for families, right? Um, you wouldn't be able to see your family. So I, I don't know exactly what they're doing. I'm sure when the Observer comes out, which I will say that Dave is way late on because he, uh, I talked to him today and Thursday night is usually when it would come out. And he said he wasn't close to finishing. So I, it's sounding definitely like Friday. 
I don't know when Friday, but you know, I'm sure he has a story. He knows what the latest is, and I will just wait to read his story rather than, uh, excuse me, speculate myself. Um, so I guess the, the last thing is, um, and, and we'll get to this in our Wednesday, uh, Wednesday uh, night review. The thing that I disliked most about both shows didn't even have to do with anything relating to what happened uh, as far as the quality of the wrestling or the interviews or whatever. It was, uh, I got a really uh, uh, kind of a pit in my stomach as I'm reading this news about Renee Young, I'm reading this news about, you know, how bad, you know, this, this is and how WWE is treating this thing and how they're kind of caught with, you know, without a plan, which still boggles my mind. But then AEW opens up with a lumberjack match. <laughs> All of their wrestlers are on top of each other like crazy. Now, the one thing I will say about AEW is they're testing everybody. I don't know how often, but at least they they have been testing for the last few weeks. Now, people are traveling in and out possibly or or moving out and about and 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 maybe they need to test more often. That that part I don't know. At least they are testing, but still just the visual of what I read and what we are feeling in the country mm-hmm. about the coronavirus positives just going up and up and up and up. And then the first match on AEW is a lumberjack match where like 20 wrestlers are just right on top of each other. And of course it ends in, you know, ends in a brawl, like all no the way, way. no way. <laughs> I was just so bothered by of that. Course. It just frustrated me. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they, but they've been, they've been have people close together for a long time. Like the, the, you know, when they sit in the audience, the wrestlers in the audience, they're, they're really close to each other. Um, those, I see those fans in the, in the stands when they show them, you can see them in the corner of the screen sometimes. Um, they're really close together, you know? So I know they test, I don't know how extensive their test is, but yeah, no, I was taken off guard by the lumberjack match. Just seeing everyone kind of just crowded about and then diving on each other and all the craziness they did in that match. Um, yeah, yeah. Same, same feeling. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, we'll, we'll get back to the Wednesday night stuff in a second. But before that, I wanted to get your thoughts on the last episode of The Last Ride, which is the Undertaker's docuseries, where at the very end, he pretty much says he is comfortable with his career. And, you know, he's never say never, but he, he he's fine closing the door. Now, I, you know, I feel like every wrestler says that at one point, And then, you know, Vince McMahon comes calling with the, you know, the huge payday. And it's like, oh, why not? Um, so I, I, not that I don't believe him. I, I sort of believe at that point that he felt really confident after that AJ match. Uh, but what did you think about the episode and just your overall thoughts on, you know, him calling it a career on this doc at the end of this docuseries? Um, I like the whole. I like the episode. I like the whole series. Been enjoying it. I like seeing behind the curtain of the Undertaker character and the person. Um, my favorite parts of the documentary were it weren't really to do anything with the the wrestling side, but just um, I really like the story about his dad and talking about his. That was the best thing of all five episodes. Yeah, that was that was like g- genuine reflection and 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 pride and and just thinking about his dad so Um, so so for those who don't know there he tells this story uh about his dad and he he's talking about makeup and he's like 
uh, he, he's in the back and he's asking somebody in, in the back to help him get something. And he's not exactly saying what it is. And the guy's like, oh, you mean makeup remover? And he's like, yeah, you said it. I didn't. And then he he reflects and he goes with the story of his dad. His dad comes comes backstage and uh, he watches him basically put the eyeliner on or, or the makeup on. And I was like, you know, that is my favorite thing because all of a sudden in that one moment, even though Undertaker is in the wrestling business, right? This is the same moment of your dad walking in when Paul Bearer comes on, right? Yeah. It's the same yeah. moment where I'm watching um, uh, the, the match between uh, the Street Profits and, uh, or not the Cine, the Cine match between the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders, and I'm just looking around going like, I dear God, I hope Crystal does not walk in the room watching this crap, you know, because I'll be really embarrassed. But Undertaker has that moment being in the business where he's sort of ashamed that, you know, his dad, his very manly dad, sees, is, is going to make fun of him for wearing eyeliner. I thought that was the best thing. Yeah. And then uh, the story about his brother passing away as he was, you know, f- you know, doing pre-production on the Boneyard match was pretty heart-wrenching. And, and seeing him, you know, because he's such a tough Texan and, you know, still trying to hold back, you know, tears. And that was, that was, uh, that was a tough part to watch, but I mean, I liked it cause it's just, I mean, I didn't know about that story. I didn't, I don't think so. I didn't remember it. And then see him, you know, with that emotion was pretty powerful of course. And then, um, but the, you know, the end with his retirement or saying he's comfortable with this, this is the end of his career. He's okay. I don't believe it. <laughs> well, I, don't, I, I absolutely do not believe it either. I, but it like, was I, news it, Monday morning. Yeah. People last was on news. People laughing, but people were tweeting thank you, and you know, uh, talent was tweeting thank you. I saw sports sports websites post about it. Yeah, I think Madison Square Garden did something for him, I believe. Or um, I just don't believe it because it's pro wrestling, and how many times we've seen people retire and come back, and I just can't imagine he would be okay with not going out in front of a, in front of a big audience, right? Mm-hmm. I still would love. I still want to see AJ and Undertaker in a regulars match with the ropes and the with three ropes and you know three four corners and all that. Like I want to see that. I want to see it at WrestleMania. I think there's a way to do it. The hardest part is because we've just seen this documentary. I mean, the thing again, we're also taking, we're also talking about our little bubble of people that you know watch the network and everything. I mean, there's people that don't watch every little thing on the network, even if it's on one of the bigger stars in wrestling. Right. So, um, I, I think they should, if they, if they are struggling with finding content for, uh, SmackDown and raw, I think they should show it. Like they should show, you know, it's five piece, it's five parts. So it's probably, uh, you may need to split it up, but I, I think it, it's something that you could show that, that might draw rating for, from fans, uh, because it's kind of new and, you know, it's a little bit in the news, but um, I just want to see them do a match again. I think it's easy, easily booked. I think um, all you have to do is have AJ talk about how he retired the Undertaker, and he can keep talking about it, and then stop talking about it for a little while, but then bring it up again. They're always kind of slightly mentioned. They're always bring up of part of his accomplishments, right? 
Um, you don't focus on it too much, but he always puts it out there that he did this, right? And then, of course, you know, being typical heel, you know, he lost the the match, but, you know, he's there and Undertaker's gone, right? So he can always hang his hat on that. He always used that for heat. And it can get to a point where he keeps talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And people are thinking, is, he, is Undertaker going to come back? Ah, and then he stops kind of talking about it. Then he starts talking about it again. Kind of keep mentioning it here and there, and all of a sudden, you know, Undertaker makes that 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 return, you know, and choke slams him and sets up a match at WrestleMania and all that fun stuff. And you know, I mean, that's, that's we're assuming that we're going to have a stadium full of fans next year at WrestleMania. But I not, hope not. Hope, not if the the country keeps acting the way they are. Yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah. going to be hopeful. Stuck, we're going to be stuck in our house for two years if they don't stop going yeah. crazy. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just I'm being hopeful right now. Unfortunately, you know, but. Uh, you know, yeah, I like to see him. You know, end his career like he did, like like you know, with the in front of a, a huge audience. I think that's the way he would truly want to go with a great match. And then I think AJ is definitely the guy for that match. And he's even mentioned like you know his better matches are with guys that are smaller than him. Yeah, he understands how to work that. And style. Michelle, Michelle even mentioned that she's like, yeah, I think it makes. I think it's uh, it's it makes a lot of sense. I. You know, I, I've said on on this show that I kind of hope that he doesn't come back because what this docu series really reminded me of were some really bad matches where he looked like he was going to hurt himself. Mm-hmm. And and AJ, as much as possible, is the perfect guy for him to wrestle. Daniel Bryan would be another one, but um, you know, trying to become try, trying to be that same guy again. You know, doing all the same moves, and you know, I, I mean, you, you know, it's only been what is it like eleven years since he did that flip dive out on Sean and almost landed on his head. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's been so many calls like that. He's, you know, he's really lucky, and and I say he's really lucky, and then he's probably, you know, he's like, ah, he, I'm lucky, and he's probably hurting every time he walks. I understand that. Yeah. I guess that the so so a couple of things, other things that I liked about this, um, I think I liked this episode the most. Though it was really long, I thought mm-hmm. that like the last twenty minutes, it just kept going and going and going. Like I almost felt like they didn't know how to end it. Um, I really liked this version of him because you could tell this was probably filmed much later in the process. He was so comfortable with his decision or with understanding that it was going to be the end. He was he like you could tell. A lot of that pressure that he he was going through when he was talking about WrestleMania 35 and being off of that show, WrestleMania 34 having that terrible match with Roman, it I, it was pretty bad. I mean, you know, so you at those moments he was he felt so much pressure, and then he mentions it when he talks about the WrestleMania 18 match with Nature Boy and how he couldn't understand why Rick who I'm guessing was probably even younger than Taker is now when he had that match with Taker. Rick was having the same problem with the pressure on himself, you know, needing a good performance, not thinking that he didn't have it anymore. And Taker's like, oh my God, you're the nature boy, Ric Flair, stop. But now he understood. And I I felt at the end of this show that all that pressure that he put on himself to be that same guy kind of came off after that extreme rules match. And then 
the Boneyard match, he really felt like, okay, I got those out. Those are the ones that I can go out on and I don't have to worry about having bad performances again. The other thing, I don't know if you even caught this, but he's, uh, I think he had like a, a piece of paper that he needed to throw away and he kind of shot it. Kobe. Waste paper basket and he said Kobe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was awesome because what you could tell was that that moment was before Kobe passed. And then he mentioned Kobe's passing also as another reason for him to stop wrestling because, you know, Kobe's Kobe's younger than younger than me. I think Kobe's your age, probably maybe, maybe even a little bit younger than you. And we all know what happened with Kobe and to Undertaker with his his brother passing away, like you mentioned, with Michelle's nephew passing away, with Kobe passing away. He's just like oh my God, like I need to be present in this moment. And I thought that was a really nice sort of wraparound with, with, with the, you know, the shooting and calling Kobe. Everyone does that, right? For, for my generation, it's like, I hit a Kobe today. <laughs> for my generations, you know, it's MJ or, or, yeah, or something. Now, now it's Kobe. Um, so the one thing I hated, and, and it's probably because it is the, uh, I guess we are at the 13th anniversary of the terrible Chris Benoit situation. But if I never have to hear on a wrestling show that the show must go on, hmm. I hate that saying because it reminds me of the Benoit thing. And in this moment, Undertaker is talking about how all these bad things have happened and then he punched the the window and his arms all cut up and and and, and he goes but the show must go on. I'm like, no, like, like, like I get it. But, but, but like that mentality is, is, is so archaic to me, especially after what we've learned. No, Undertaker was fine, but just that mentality, right? Like no matter what, no matter what happens, I just lost my brother, but I have to wrestle because that's, that's what the business needs from me. Like that is such an archaic mentality because it it actually is great for the business, but you know who it hurts? It doesn't hurt WWE. It hurts the Undertaker. You know, it hurts his his uh, his um, emotional being. It hurts his 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 mental faculties. It hurt. You could see in you know in his in 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 his uh, quotes that that hurt him. But because he knows what his job is, he's going to do it. He's going to be tough about it. WWE is grateful for that. But it's not like it doesn't affect him, right? So I never want to hear that again. And then the last thing... You don't think, like, he hears that news about his brother, his past. There's nothing he can do. He can't He can't do anything about it. He's past. He has to finish his job. You don't think like maybe he wants he can lose himself in this production for this time and you know and then and then when it's over then deal you know you know have like a little bit of a a a break from that from that Okay how would you how would you deal with that situation Would you stay at work or would you leave work Oh I would leave work but then I'm also not you know in the WWE in a big but, but, that's you know. his, but that's his job like your job his, his job isn't any more important than your job you know like as far as even your own pride because you I know you don't miss work mm-hmm. you know you don't call in sick you have a strong work ethic but it's the same thing like like to me 
if if a family member passed away, and and this actually happened, um, you know, uh, I guess a, 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 about a year and a half ago, where I was at work and I was like, oh my god, I, I heard some really bad news about a family member. It wasn't shocking. It was it was going to, to happen, but I was still like, you know what, I I can. I can finish out the day. I'll, I'll, I'll just sort of worry about that and, and, and go do it. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. you go deal with that. The ju- the work is going to be there when the work is going to be there. Go deal with that because not because they're trying to be nice or they're trying to be thoughtful, but they know that even if I was at work, I would be thinking about one thing the whole time and be frustrated with that thing. So WWE is obviously a different story, right? Like that, they, they the way that they get you to think about what you do for a living is, is much different. But from the, you know, just from that 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 mental health perspective, I do not think that is good for anybody, and that is a that is a flaw. It's a flaw in the system, and I don't know if it could be fixed. But I just never want to hear that again because the last time I heard that was uh you know when Owen Hart um you know fell off the top of the building and you know and and Chris Benoit you know kills his entire family and they're still running shows you know so it's like I I just I I will never get that part but I I don't want to I don't want it to end on that negativity because I liked I liked this episode probably more than anything else last thing though is um I think he's got like three other kids yeah well he been married like i mean even before what sarah he was married right so he's been married two other times uh yeah the, the, the kids are older so one of the kids was born in 93 so that would make him in his like late 20s yeah so i'm you know i mean i know they're just focused on his current family with michelle and his daughter but i'm sure when he means family he's talking about all of them i would hope so you know i hope hope that he has i think he did men- he, he mentioned kids plural yeah at the very end but and there and there was that, an, early, an early documentary an early one of the episodes there's there's a couple kids running around too so might have been one of his uh I, I think i think his other kids are way older though than than this daughter this daughter's like four or five and the other kids are like in their like 20s or teens um okay so let's get back to uh the, the wednesday wrestling stuff i will say i apologize I didn't rank my my stuff because I was catching up on on other things, but I know that you ranked yours, so we'll just riff off of yours, off of your uh, things that you liked and didn't like about both shows, and we'll just go from there. I I, I have in my head some of those yeah. things. I just didn't write them down because I was trying to catch up on other things that we needed to talk about, and I was doing my own research that way. So let I'll let I'll let you do it. Let's let, let's talk. Uh, let's let's start with NXT first. Mm-hmm. What what are some of the things that you liked, and and I'll give you a little bit of uh, my opinion if I have an opinion. Um, I mean NXT, I thought they had a really solid show. I think uh, there wasn't a lot of dislike. There's more like um, of the matches. My favorite match was uh, the opener with the Damian Priest and um, Cameron Grimes. I really enjoyed the story of that match. I like um, I like Damian Priest. You know, having to work through this injury, and I like how it's continuing on. I, we, you know, after, you know, a lot of times in wrestling, we see uh, guys just, you know, they're, they're, they're selling something and they're really 
a body part or they have an injury, but the next week they're 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 fine. But here, you know, they're they're continuing with uh, with Damian Priest. Of course, Cameron Grimes tacked him earlier too. So that, they, but he's still taped up when he got tacked. So um, I really like this match. Uh, I I was really gonna be happy with the countout finish. <laughs> you know, I'm okay. That's cool. You know, he he didn't pin him, but he you know, still beat him. He's definitely another one for Cameron Grimes to start being. You know, he can you know. He can uh, uh, just talk about and, and gloat about, but you know I do, and also, but I, then I like the Superman of uh, you know him still fighting through and and not getting counted out. But that God, that that double stomp, that uh, <laughs> I, I I hate double stomps in wrestling. Like I hate maybe because it was like everyone's doing it. And I was like, okay, I'm just over this double stomp. But for some reason, like. I think his Cameron Grimes double stomp is like the hottest move in wrestling. It's like the it should win move of the year. It's, it's 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 freaking awesome. And this one he hit at the finish on on Damian Priest was just just beautiful, perfect. So I really I really really dug this match. I thought it was good. Um I like the Cameron Grimes character. I my worry is that it is not a main event character and that it sort of has to stay in between being sort of like a mid card and an upper mid card. I, I don't know. I don't know what they, what, what they see in him as far as main event stuff, but he is a very entertaining character. And I think we mentioned before where his personality is even coming out a bit more mm-hmm. and th- like, I think some of the stuff that's happening on NXT from a, like a comedy standpoint and like a, a skit standpoint is just like just making me roll my eyes. I think they're putting him in similar situations, but he's so good that he's actually making it work. Yeah, I think he'd be good for the um, North American, North American title, right? I think he. I love to see him get a run with with that title. I think he'd be great and. Yeah, he's just a good performer. He's a good wrestler, and yeah, I really, really like this match. I really dug it. Um, another thing I liked about the show, well, the main event. I thought the main event was uh, was really good. You had you know three of the very best, and I liked the shock. Like right away, I'm thinking like, hey, Gano's taking the pin, right? That's what I'm just thinking it's gonna happen. I think whoever's gonna win the match, Gano's gonna be the one that's gonna be beat. And I was shocked when Lee actually beat Balor. That was a uh, that was a big shock to me. Um, not not that Lee won. I was, I was kind of expecting Lee to be the guy that faces Cole. I just I just was shocked by Balor, but you know Balor is just he's kind of bulletproof. I think he you know he can t- he can suffer a pin and, and come back and and not lose much. So um, yeah, but I you know it kind of you know started off slow. I mean I say started off slow. I mean I wasn't really digging the beginning. I thought the beginning looked a little bit rough. But then they really did some really good stuff, you know, leading into the the finish. And yeah, it's good. It was like I said, this whole show was pretty good. I don't see too much dislike. There's one thing I disliked, but uh, um, but overall, I thought the the show was was actually pretty strong this week. The thing that I would say about the Keith Lee thing is they put a statement on it, right? They were like, we could have done sort of like the normal trope of you know Bal- Balor's protected. We want to keep him. We have plans for him. And we'll, we'll beat Gargano. Like, Gargano's the mm-hmm. heel. Like, you know, he's been in this feud. But by having him beat Balor, that was them putting their stamp on Keith Lee. And, you know, if, if the idea is this guy is is the next big thing, then great, because he... I, th- 
I feel like he's cooled off a little bit just because of of this feud with Gargano. I f- he felt really hot at one point, and hopefully this is a way to make him feel like the world beater again, because I think he he is one of the few guys at NXT who is actually on par with you know with the t- the t- the tippy top of, of WWE guys like you know I-, I like Adam Cole but you put Adam Cole next to like a Brock Lesnar or uh next to uh, a Braun Strowman and you look at him and you go hmm there there's something kind of funky here you put Keith Lee next to those guys and you're like okay he he's he 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 can stay with those dudes yeah 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 no that was like i said that's what i liked about it i really that's i was digging the match already but once i saw the finish i was like oh man that was great so um i thought that was was really good everything else like i said was was good i'm um the uh, what i didn't like god i had my list and my list is over (laughs) i feel bad my list is on my charger over there but uh what did you not like about uh, you know it's funny i know i didn't like the skit i didn't like oh okay i do remember sorry gosh it's late dexter lumis roderick strong mm-hmm. i did not like the non-match aspect of it i get why they did it because they're trying to build to the strap match where you can't run away from dexter lumis i get all that i just felt it was a cheat you know i thought i just i i felt a little a little ripped off and not a good way um I did laugh at the running into the Bucksy guy spot by Roddy did. I thought that was pretty funny. But um, I thought they could have done something where there is some action. Like Bobby Fish, like, you know, Roddy is bailing out. He doesn't want to lock up with him. He's still, you know, he's still, you know, has, he's still a little scared of Dexter Loomis. But there's Bobby Fish there, the coach, man. Like, hey, man, pump it up. Dude, you got this. You're Roddy Strong, your former North American champion, former tag team champion, blah, blah, blah. You can beat him. And that kind of psychs him up, right? Just kind of psychs him up. Like, yeah, I can do it. I'm going to mess this guy up. He gets in the ring, but then Dexter Loomis just beats the hell out of him. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, shit, I'm out of here. I'm out of here, right? He gets, <laughs> and then, then, then he runs away and then he's counted out. Um, I just give me a little something there. You know, I, I just felt, I felt, I felt cheated. I felt cheated with that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I will say the other thing that I liked and, and this is, this is on both shows. They did, they did this type of match in a little bit of a different way, but it was like the Haas match, right? You had Karrion Cross and, and Bronson Reed. We know who is being pushed. It was a short match, but just the idea that two big dudes are heading up against each other it just felt uh, like a, a little bit more interesting to me and and look if if someone who was not a wrestling fan was like kind of like just strolling through the house and they saw these two gigantic athletic dudes face each other on TV they probably stop and watch right yeah. so i like that aspect you know crosses crosses the guy they're pushing he he's he's going to he's going to go over and he goes over strong Fine. I, I don't mind, you know, we know what Bronson Reed is now. They're going to have to rehabilitate him at some point. But just the Haas match, I just really, I, I needed a Haas match for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was, uh, it was was good for the time they gave him. And um, like I said I, last week, I just wished Bronson Reed was losing, you know, pl- multiple times on TV t- before this. I, I think it would have been even had that more special feel of to the match if if he didn't, but um but they they did a great job. Chloe was my daughter Chloe, four years old, turning five soon in a couple weeks. She uh was into it. She was into this whole show. This is a this is a show I watch wrestling with NXT. NXT I feel safe with the with <laughs> NXT. 
Um, you know, and she like out came Karen Cross and Scarlet, and she was like, like scared, but then like totally mesmerized by it. And like she's like we have the, we have a coffee table in our family room. She's like hiding behind the coffee table, but peeking over the coffee table, and watching it. And she's just like, wow. And then it's, she's not saying anything. Like she's just, she's kind of chatting away with me during this stuff. And I'm like, I'm trying to be quiet. I'm trying to listen to what's going on. And after it was over, I was like, what'd you think of that, Chloe? And she goes, Daddy, that was crazy. Like, <laughs> so you know, you know. It really impressed. It, it and it's funny because I was I kind of rewatched the the Rhea um, Ripley match with an Aaliyah match with her because she you know she goes to bed at a certain time and and I was like nope you gotta go to bed and she's like oh, I want to watch this match I want to see and I'm like nope we'll do it tomorrow I'm gonna watch it tomorrow so we watched it today and as I was like fast forward in the show like I hit that spot where Karrion comes off and she wants to watch it again you know, she oh wow Kar- yeah yeah she was. Uh, she was into it, and um, it's a lot of fun watching with her. And she was a big fan. I don't know if you got this on your Hulu version, but the the tag team match with Dakota Kai. Rick no, Gonzalez. no, they didn't show that one. Yeah, hey, it was. What do they call him? The KC Express. The KC Express. Um, she was really into this match, big time into um, Casey Catazzaro and uh, and uh, uh, Kidding Carter. She. Um, was really upset when they lost. It was sad. <laughs> it was really <laughs> sad. When Raquel Gonzalez power bonds, Katie Carter and Pender. Uh, it was, uh, oh no, she did that to Casey and she was just, she was just bummed, man. She's like, ah, oh, she was like so mad. She hits the ground, all upset. So, I mean, I, the match was fine, I, I, it, but it felt like it was a classic with, you know, the way Chloe was reacting to it. Like, like I was to Lex Luger and Ric Flair from WrestleWar 90 as a kid. So, <laughs> uh, a lot of fun, man. So this was a uh, this is like I, mean, I, I like the show anyways, but this is like an extra special show for me just because I really enjoyed watching you know eighty percent of it with with Chloe. Okay, so they announce that next week, I guess it's the next two weeks, is the Great American Bash, which is going head up against Fighter Fest for the next two weeks. I I have no problem with WWE using their IP. They own the Great American Bash. That that is their thing. The thing that I find so interesting is that people are saying, "Oh, you know, it does." They were gonna they they would do this anyways. You know, they, it it doesn't matter that it's AEW that Cody you know Cody's dad created the Great American Bash. I like I do think that it is kind of part of the deal. Like they're like, oh, you know. They, they they want to you know Vince McMahon mentions blood and guts and Cody goes oh that's the name of our big show blood and guts like there's there is a tennis match happening between the yeah. two companies and it is competition and it is fine that that's how you do it I just find it's interesting that people don't think that this is part of WWE's game and in screwing with AEW like it's definitely part of it like this is the game like you said like you know. Cody and them taking blood and guts and ha- having fun with it and creating an event of that. Now it's like, hey, they're doing Fighter Fest. We're gonna do the Great American Bash. A sto- uh, 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 Great American event- Bash is a way better name too. Yeah, <laughs> an event that Dusty Rhodes this, you know, created too, right? So it just it's a fun little gamesmanship between the two sides, and I, that's cool. That's that's good stuff. That's fun stuff. It doesn't hurt anyone. It only adds. It only helps us out, right? It makes these shows even bigger and, mm-hmm. and bigger matches. So yeah, no, I, I thought it was just fun. It, it's cool. Um. So was there anything else you disliked about this show? 
Um, no, no, I didn't. Um, I the Robert Stone stuff. I know you probably didn't like that, but um, it's, I, it's I, just goofy. It's just like I, I, I mean, I it it tells me that they don't really have anything with Rhea at, at this moment. So they're trying to create something, and you know, she's still. A badass. She's just not in in anything that that is exciting right now. So so they're trying to find stuff for her to do. So be it. it, it, it I, I wish they just had. I, I wish they had a different plan for her. I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Uh, I thought the match with Leah was. Leah's actually really been in, impressive lately. Or at least she stepped up her game. Or or maybe she's getting the opportunity now. So she's. Uh, she looked really good. Yeah, you, and, can, and, you can tell she's way more confident. Yeah, and then shout out to uh, Tom Caster, man, because uh, referee Tom Caster in this match, man, man, he just did like Robert Stone. Oh, no, who's in his way? Ali was like in his way. He just slid right by her, told Robert Stone to get out of that ring. Like he was I know, like, I'm like, I, damn, dude. I thought he's gonna trip over her, but he no. He's well, right I, I, by. the thing that I don't want him to do is hurt himself again. Nah, he's fine. Let's get, I mean, but he's almost too smooth when it comes to that stuff. He just slipped right by her, like just doop doop boop. I'm like, damn, that's 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 that's, that's next vet. That's a, hey, that's a veteran, folks. Man, he's been doing it for a very very long time. So that was a, that was fun. And and, and uh, uh, Chloe, she finally watched the match tonight today before we record, and and uh, really into the match, really into Rhea. She seen Rhea before, but I think she's kind of forgot Rhea. Yeah, and she's so when the graphic came, she was like, oh, "Is that good girl going to beat the bad girl?" I'm like, Which is the bad girl? And she says, "Rhea, the girl on the, to the left." I'm like, "Actually, that's the good girl, Chloe. You know, you can't judge a book by its cover." And then she's like, "But maybe they're both good girls." I'm like, "Oh, we'll find out." <laughs> and then uh, you know, Leah pulls the hair of Rhea, and then and I was like, "Oh man, Tom got to get on that." And Chloe's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Oh, she's, it was just fun. It was a lot of fun." But she was totally into Rhea. Uh, Rhea. After that match, even more so. I remember she she really liked her when she beat Shayna. Okay, she saw that match. this is this is the smallest pet peeves of all small pet peeves, but this happens a lot in wrestling, and I always find it to be kind of dumb. Okay, so in that in in, in the whole scene with Aaliyah and Robert uh, Rob Robert Stone and and Rhea, Aaliyah slaps Rhea right in the face, right, mm-hmm. and normally. When you get hit, you check for blood. You're like, "Oh, sh- did I did some did someone catch me?" So Rhea touches her face, looks at her hand. There's clearly no blood on her hand, right? No blood whatsoever. And so the normal response is to go, "Okay, I'm not bleeding. I'm fine." She looks at her hand like three times. I'm like, "Dude, there's no blood on your hand. What do you keep looking at your hand for?" This is a, kind of like a weird thing, but it I, it frustrates me when they do stuff like that. I didn't really, I didn't really, really pay attention to that. I, like that's I said, weird. it's the smallest of small <laughs> things. I don't know why I recognized it. I think it was because it was very clear that she didn't have any any blood. Like you couldn't see it on her face. Now, if she had blood, then yeah, like that's a normal reaction. If you and I got you know, accidentally knocked in the in the face, we'd check and we go, oh shoot, I'm bleeding. And then you'd go fix it. But she just kept looking back at her hand. Yeah. Like, dude, there's no blood on your hand. What are you doing? I'm I'm looking forward to their match, the the you know, Robert Stone and Leah versus I don't think it's gonna be like the greatest match in the world, but I really get a kick out of Robert Stone. I think that guy has he's found his you know, he's been you know, he was at Robbie E in the impact. He's you know, wrestled for a long time, but I think his real his real true like calling is to be a, a, a manager this you know 
I think he's just a really good entertaining guy. He's, he's, he really carries himself well in these promos and these segments, um, this backstage stuff. Like he's such a natural. So I, I'm, you know, I think, you know, now that they're kind of giving him the Leah and we'll see what else is going to happen, who else is going to manage and maybe he's going to get more people, maybe a stable of women. That'd be different. I know, you know, I've never seen that before. So something, something like that would be kind of cool. Um, you know, just, I, I want to see more from him. I want. I want to see him now that he's kind of getting out of this this funk, I guess, with uh, Chelsea Green firing her, firing him. So I want to see him get back a little serious, Robert Stone, a little more. You know, I want to see that because he's 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 really good. All right, what about AEW? AEW, what I really liked, I really, I liked the um, the tag match FTR and SEU. I thought they had yeah, a really that, good that match. was really good, really good. You know, it's interesting. FTR is so matter of fact they're so good but in being so good and in just doing what they do best i sort of feel like they've just blended into the roster and it's it's almost like they're not even a new team like there's something about the way that they came in and that they should still feel new and they should still feel like wow like i can't believe you know they're they're here and this sort of works against them in that they just blended in so well, and they're such a perfect fit for for what AEW is doing. Obviously, the the best fit I think for them is NXT. But if they're not in WWE, the next best is is probably AEW because of the tag teams that they they take tag team wrestling seriously. It's almost like there's there's no newness to them anymore, and that's probably a little bit of a bad thing actually because you know when you when you're looking for them to to kind of have these matches, these dream matches. You're like, oh yeah, they're they're just they're they're just, we, it's almost like we just assumed that they were going to be there, so there's no real great uh, hype for them in AEW. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. You're right. I mean, I kind of like they're there. I, I, it, it didn't feel like anything special this week, other than being a really good match, right? And the matches are so good. Yeah, I'm not really hyped for that four way or that eight man tag no i would have much rather had it be just a regular tag with them and the lucha bros i don't know maybe just just stop i'm just not feeling that match just not, not feeling match at all um but the match was really good i mean they i mean they got to work i liked that i like even though you know scorpio sky is just younger and a better athlete than kazarian and daniels it was nice that they had those two yeah the, the old school guys the old school guys yeah i think that was that was really cool and i am in Maybe that match was even better because the match before that was just was horrible. Not, I mean, it was <laughs> Sunny Kiss and Janela and um, Cole Cabana and God, that was such so a, weird. Is this such a weird segment too? I mean, they're, they're like, like a dark segment, right? I like <laughs> the best parts. Like they do these vignettes for Sunny Kiss and Joy Janela, and they're you know they, they you know building it up right. They did a, they did one a teaser the week before or two weeks before that, and then they did this another extended version of it and then they lose here <laughs> yeah. it's just I, I don't know if i even like that team i don't i don't know what i see as them as a as a twosome but i i just did i thought the match was just it was you know of course too long and went forever and and then they followed up with the with, with ftr and seu and it's like god man this feels like the greatest tag match of all time but maybe it's just because of what was you know before it yeah yeah totally um, and then I like the, um, I like the, <laughs> once I got three weeks in a row, Garrett, three weeks in a row. <laughs> I like Jericho and Orange Cassidy segment. Um, I get, I'm getting a kick out of this because Jericho 
is being so smart with this. He's like, okay, we're working together, right? You got this gimmick. It's over. People love it here. But we're going to make something out of it. It's not going to be a joke, right? So I I really like it. Like, the only thing I wish he would have done is when he said that, hey, man, if you do a stupid kicks to me, these little, these soft little kicks or whatever, I'm going to knock you out. But he, you know, so Orange Cassidy does it and he doesn't knock him out. So I thought Jericho looked like an idiot there. But I enjoyed the the brawl. All, all, like, you know, like he's, he, Orange Cassidy can't do a shtick with Jericho, right? So it's it's very entertaining. Um, I liked it. I liked the brawling. Even though the brawling went a little bit too long in the stands, I think they took forever to get to where they need to get going to. Um, but yeah, I, no, I dug it. I dug, I'm into it. I'm, in, I'm looking forward to their match in two weeks. So let me tell you, uh, I have an old buddy who I've probably known since, gosh, it has to be like the third grade, okay? And thanks to Facebook, we're able to still communicate. So he, uh, and this guy is like sports fan, Chicago Bears, Walter Payton fan, ever since we were kids. Chicago Bulls fan, big MJ fan, not really baseball fan, but, you know, for sure basketball. So just diehard sports fan. And all of a sudden on his Facebook page, I see this GIF. And I'm like, is that a wrestling GIF? Like, what's going on? Like, why would Pablo Lopez have a wrestling GIF on his page? And I look at it and I'm like, I think that's Orange Cassidy. What's going on? And so he writes in, in uh, in the post, he says something to the effect of, Maybe I should watch wrestling again <laughs> because of Orange Cassidy. It was, it was Orange Orange Cassidy and um, pa, uh, Pac match. It was just a, it was just a gift from him putting his hands in his pants and doing the drop kicks and everything. And you know this goes back to what I've been saying for the last couple weeks in that you know this Jericho and and Orange Cassidy match. It, it may do the biggest uh, quarter hour be, just because of the fact that for whatever reason, for people who might not be diehard wrestling fans, Orange Cassidy is just an interesting person. Now, do they stick around and do they keep watching him? You know, well, who knows? Like, like, I don't think I don't know if that's been studied yet, but I do think there is a, there is something to him. He's got he's got something. Obviously. Jericho sees it or else he wouldn't be working with him. So that 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 in of itself is is is, is like a point uh, on the scoreboard for Orange Cassidy just for him professionally, right? It's like, "Oh, Jericho wants to work with me. There's I I, I that m- m- must mean he does have something." So, I think that's a, that's positive. Um I think Jericho knows that he's hot for their audience and he's like going to work with the, you know, he's not going to he's not going to work with someone that's not not hot right now, so I think that's. But he also, but he's also not about having bad matches, so he knows he's gonna have a good match with the yeah. guy. Well, we've seen Orch Cassie. seems like a really good athlete, and he can do a lot of stuff. It's just, I don't know. To me, I just don't. I just get kind of bored of this gimmick. It just doesn't really work for me. But I, again, I, I, and then again, I'm not a guy that's into that kind of stuff. So, which is interesting because you have seen so much from an indie wrestling perspective. I mean, you you did book. Joey Ryan. Mm-hmm. No, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with my teeth gritting my tongue, biting my tongue. Was, I mean, yeah, I know, I know. But it was a success for APW. So oh I yeah, can't, totally. can't argue about that. Can't argue about that. So. Him, uh, him and Cody. Yeah, him and Cody was a success. But uh, all right, what? Uh, 
that was about what I liked. I, I wasn't into the lumberjack match. Um, I like aspects of it. Of I liked. I mean, I mean, I liked Warlord's potential of you know seeing that. I liked. I like his athleticism as a big man. I think he's has something. Um, I God, they started teasing it already with MGF and him having some issues. But I hope that's just like a quick little tease, and they're not going to do it anytime soon because I think it still needs to. There still needs to be more of a a relationship that we need to be built between those two guys. And then, then it'll mean something when he, um, when, when, uh, Warlord ever goes baby face. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, yeah. the lumberjack match was kind of silly because, uh, the heel takes the spin out to the floor right away. And, and the baby faces all protect him. Like, like, you know, the way they were like, like, Oh, stay down. Like it's just, it's just the psychology is kind of fucked up on that match. And then it just got really stupid. Like, you know, they did some cool big stuff, big man stuff. But then, like, when it started getting crazy and going all over the floor, and like, why did Brandon, who's the job guy, Brandon Cutler, like, mm-hmm. why, why did he jump up there? Just to get thrown off. I know he gets to get, he's just there to get thrown off, but, like, why did he go up there? I don't even remember him getting hit or a reason and, for him to jump up. Him and Marco were up there, right? Well, but first was that, that Brandon Cutler guy, right? He was the first one, so... I don't know. It just went forever, and I was kind of out of it, and you know, wasn't a big fan. wasn't a big fan of that. And what did you think of the Sheeta Penelope Ford stuff? Um, so it surprised me. Like I, I didn't think that that was was what was going to happen. It was like so fast. The match was so fast, and then she just went and bam, just hit her in the stands. Like 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 Sheeta's that. Uh, that thin skinned, right? She she just comes out and just like already staring down at it and wants to fight Penelope Ford. She's probably just sitting out there trash talking. And then like yeah, I think she like she like swung at her or something. Yeah, or she, well, before that she just like she comes out and she has you know she has this like you know the stained look on her face and she sees Penelope and she just goes after Penelope Ford. It just it just it was kind of silly. I like the the quick match. I mean, thank thank God. That was nice, but uh, that was that was a little weird to me. And then um, the Britt Baker stuff's already getting old for me. I mean, she has she's a good character in itself, but I'm just kind of tired of this little thing. I know they're kind of keep her active and on screen as she. I, I like it because it's short. It's not. I mean, she she is kind of like the one character who she'll come in from segment to segment. But it's not like she's doing like you know five minute promos or she's hosting the show or she's announcing the main event. Like it, it, it's in its own thing and, and she is good at it. And I also like that this is kind of like, uh, you know, it's not, it's not like she's ever done anything like this before. So I'm sure she is part of the creative and she is, you know, giving her thoughts about what, you know, Get what her character should be doing. So mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. But yeah, they're they're not all hits. They're they're definitely not all hits. Yeah. And then uh, before I forget, uh, what I really liked about the show was the press conference. I was gonna. That's the net thing I was gonna ask you about. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really liked that. I saw. I mean, I think I commented on something on your on the, on the fight game. I'm like, what's going on here? And then you're like, wait till you see it. You know. Yeah. 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 And I thought, oh god, it's gonna be something stupid. But no, I I thought it was great. The whole presentation of it. I. I Got a kick out of the Liz Hunter, Matt Brock mentions, or in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I thought that was really cool. Um, I probably would have, they should have said someone else's name, just kind of, you know, there's only one magazine there, I guess. 
covering the event. <laughs> but you know, it'd be nice with to two George fake, George with, with two fake writers who never even existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. George Napatalo or something like that from so you know, whatever. So I think it was, it was uh, Liz Hunter and Matt Brock who Matt were Brock, fake yeah. who were fake uh, characters for yeah, uh, yeah. for Stu Sachs's magazine. I used to always think that girl you see that girl on the, the at ringside for the NWA shows. She had like long dark hair. Have you seen her before? Uh, I don't remember. I used to think that was Liz Hunter for like the longest time. I didn't know who she her name is, but I used to think I used to think Liz Hunter. If she was Liz Hunter, and I thought Rick Flesh slept with her. That's that's like the <laughs> thing I always thought. So the and, thing that I, the thing that I tweeted John was when I saw that these uh, fake pro wrestling illustrated uh, characters were asking questions at the press conference. I said, you know. Ah, one day it, it'll be fight game media asking fake mm-hmm. questions at a fake press conference. Yeah, um, I liked it. I like like Arn's explanation of why he, you know, denied Cody from having that match with Hager to light a fire in him. I thought that was great. The, just his pause and his like mm-hmm. deep breath and his like stroking his chin, like thinking about what he's gonna say. That, yeah, that stuff is so good. Like you know, we watch promos today. And it's like, camera's on, go. And they just go, and they don't stop. Like, Arn took a pause. I was like, okay, this is how a real person thinks about a question, and then answers it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some strong promos this week. Uh, God, on on Raw, Edge and Orton. My goodness I know, gracious. I need, go, I need to go back and watch those. I heard those really good. Gosh. Orton's on another level. He's like the best. What, the what, what do you think got up his butt? Like, like... You know, well, he's Orton getting is generally he's getting, good. He's generally good, but he could he could like sleepwalk through stuff and still be good. But you could this tell is he's some motivated. stuff. This is the stuff that he wants to do. This is the stuff that he really can sink his teeth into. Right? Thank God. I've been telling they should be doing this for a while. They, bring back the damn Legend Killer. Bring back Orton. Like he's still young. He's still great in the ring. I mean, he's he's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely watching Raw just for him right now because um, he's he's. Oh, let's hope he didn't get COVID. Gosh. Well, I think he's getting he's getting the title shot right against Drew. He's going to get the next big I, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think him and Drew at SummerSlam. God, I would love to see that match. Now that's a match it. that I will look forward to. That yeah. is a pay per view match. I don't really do dream matches. I'm really not a big fan. I don't really want to say too much about dream matches, but you no, know no match I would love to see just for the art of pro wrestling alone is just Tanahashi and Orton. I know it's probably not the first match on people's list, but I'm telling you, man. The way the way Tanahashi thinks, the way Orton thinks, and the attention to the details that they work in their matches, like God, I think I think it would be magic. I give them thirty five minutes and say, "Go have, go have a classic." I mean, you know, I think they can do it. I think. I mean, I think it would be the greatest match of Orton's career. Like that's the that's the type of know, he's had some good ones. <laughs> well, he's had he's had really good ones, but what is his best match ever? Um, well, I would think his most legendary match has to be him and Chactus, right? The, the Foley match, but which is a, like a hardcore match, right? It's not well, even had, his normal style. Like his, but he's had a great match style. with Undertaker. Um, I, I rewatched those matches when he won the title from Chris Benoit. I mean, that was that those two matches they had in a row were really good, a lot better than I remember them. But you wouldn't say he's had five star match after five star <laughs> match. I mean, like, we like that, like, but but that's what that that's what you, you could say that about Tanahashi though. I mean, but I don't. I don't believe in star matches anymore. Ever since Dave gave uh, <laughs> Private Party City and the uh, Pentagon and Phoenix four and a half stars for, for sh- put on the worst performance I've ever seen in a tag match. So yeah, I, I, I did. 
Stars don't matter to me, but I'm talking about like, I mean, he's had great matches though. Like, he but that is can't. the argument, right? Like when you and I say Randy Orton is a Hall of Famer, should be in the Observer Hall of Fame. Sure. The argument is, well, what's his best match outside of that Foley match? And then when you start thinking, you're like, okay, like you know, he he's not someone who you can count on to have these fantastic matches. You know, maybe that's not his end all be all goal, but now he's had these this last match with edge from a performance perspective from a from an outright like this is this is the Randy Orton that everyone has wanted to see forever and in some cases we've gotten the B plus version of this Randy Orton because he's so talented that he doesn't have to work as hard as everyone else does to reach his level but for whatever reason, he is super inspired right now. And this is some sort of renaissance of his career. I feel like, okay, like, you know, as a Randy Orton fan and as someone who's stuck up for him, who's voted for him in the Observer Hall of Fame, I feel a little bit like, see, I told you guys, I told you guys. Oh, but yeah. but I, I've also seen him have terrible matches with good wrestlers, too. So, you know, it's sort of like there there is there is something with him as a wrestler where he needs to be inspired. He needs to sink his teeth into it, like you said, because he can have uninspired performances. He's so good that they're not awful matches because he he, he is good. But this is maybe my favorite Randy Orton in in, in his entire career. Yeah, watch. Go watch the Edge promo. Watch his uh, backstage. Watch Orton's follow up backstage interview right after, and then watch the segment with Big Show. It's uh, he is just Randy Orton's. Like I said, like he's he has. I mean, God, he's probably not. I mean, people probably won't even vote interview of the year for him, but they should because he's just he's on another planet. That's how far ahead he is of everyone. So, all right, what what were some of the things you didn't like about the show? Um, I think I talked about him already. I think well, one I, I put Justin Roberts like yeah. that was a yeah. that was I, that, I, without an explanation of what's going on is yeah kind of weird. That that really bummed me out. Um, no follow up of the great debut of Abaddon. Hmm. I thought you were gonna say Ricky Starks, and that too. I mean, I was just kind of thinking about Abaddon because I thought she was like that kind of just came out of nowhere, and it really. She really made an impression on me, like the way she worked her character and like, okay, we saw this crazy character. Give me, now this is where you give me a vignette of something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and maybe she can give some kind of explanation of who she is and why she's a living dead girl and all that kind of stuff. And you're right. Same thing with Ricky Starks. Like same thing, like, you know, like getting that contract and signing it. Maybe some footage of that or, you know, talking about, you know, his... But is he positioned as a heel because he's on the heel side? I don't know. Oh, they, I know that was maybe just filling up seats, but yeah. But um, yeah. That same same thing with that. Yeah, a follow up. Um, I'll add. I'll add one thing. In the promo with the butcher and the blade, I think the Lucha Brothers jumped. Uh, they they got in the ring too early. <laughs> <laughs> No, luchadors messing something up. That's <laughs> never happened. Never happened in wrestling. Okay, you can't even believe it. Uh, hey, I, um, <laughs> you know what, man? The guy that that, that but go, circle back to that press conference real quick. Cody's lisp really stuck out. <laughs> That's the first time. I mean, I know he has a lisp. Dusty's dusty son. I know it's just funny to me, like because I. What, what, what about his suit matching the exact color of the belt? 
Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And I and I liked uh, I like Hager's uh, Conor McGregor late to the late to the press conference holding everything up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That what was, do you think? What was, do you think about his wife being a bigger part of this stuff now? Well, I think they're setting up a spot with Brandy in the match, probably. Maybe she comes out there with him. Maybe she or she comes out. Maybe she, you know, I'm guessing Hager's wife will come out with him in this match, and mm-hmm. then she might get involved and slap Cody around behind the ref's back and Arn can only argue because he's not going to go out and knock out a woman. So here comes Brandy to probably do her spear spot. And, and you know, so that's probably just setting up a spot for Brandy. Did, didn't you, weren't you thinking of booking like a Cody Brandy, Joey Ryan, Candice match at some point? Yeah, actually I had um, his, uh, I actually had Joey's wife at the time, Lauren James. Is oh, okay. That's what it was. That's what it was. And, and Marcus was right on the call. Like he, you know, he said like, you know, Candace is more well known with the indies. You know, with the people, and and I get that. I was more trying to go for that realism. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, his real wife and everything. So uh, it, it worked out great. You know, with with Candace too. So, but uh, I was, you know, me you know me. I kind of like think of it like, what's the most realistic thing mm-hmm. we can do here? Well, that, that's why it made me wonder if they do go with something like this, you can actually buy it because they are actually yeah. married couples. Yeah. So. Yeah, and what the heck, man, Joey Ryan? I, that, that you only had a short marriage, Lauren James, and I was like, God, that was short. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can, you, you understand. I was like, man, she was gorgeous. What happened there? And, and now I get it all. Now everything's kind of connecting the dots right now. All right, so next week we have Fighter Fest and the Great American Bash going head to head. Actually, it's going to happen for two weeks, and uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, AEW lost in the overall viewers to NXT by a quite quite a bit this week. Yeah, that was that was that was I, I thought shock. I thought it'd be close. So you know, I don't know who was gonna come on the victor, but so, that was so, so my thing has been like I've been disappointed the last three weeks that NXT hasn't won the overall viewers because I've just been like, look, they're they're pushing they're they they actually have better cards they're pushing their top guys and AEW is just kind of, I don't know what AEW is doing. Like they're just kind of, you know, I guess waiting for fighter fest, but finally in NXT rightfully so got the viewership. They still lost in the demo, but they closed the gap in the demo. And I hope this is a little bit of a kick in the butt to AEW. Like, you know, I know this is still, you know, Tony Khan hasn't even been doing this for a year yet, but you cannot book television for a weekly viewer and expect to get the same viewership when the cards are kind of uninteresting. Like there's, you know, there's nothing on that show that was promoted where I was like, you know what? That's must see. I got to watch that. And you have to think of it that way. I think this has to do with their depth to the roster. I think AEW, you know, they, they have this, they go with the same people and, and I think they're kind of, maybe we're just getting tired of them. I don't know. Maybe people are just kind of like, okay, we've seen this already. Um, well, think back to right before they were going to do war games, mm-hmm. and like the like, you know, obviously some of this is no Moxley. He hasn't been around. He he couldn't he couldn't be around this week. Yeah, but like the blood and guts time, I was like, oh man, like this this stuff is getting pretty interesting, and some of it is definitely empty arena stuff. Like there's definitely, but I just feel like when if you if you present a sort of a ho-hum product at some point it's gonna it's gonna catch up nxt caught them will that be the same next week 
it probably will switch back just because you know now AEW is going to put their 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 first uh, their 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 foot their foot forward here with with the card. But I don't know. I just there, there there's just uh, shows for the sake of having shows, and I don't know if you can do that right now. It's it's. Uh, you know, when I'm not looking forward to, well, that, that actually, that's a bad example. Cause I haven't looked forward to wrestling in, in quite a while, but, um, yeah, I just, I just think that the, hopefully this is a little bit of a kick in the pants for them and, you know, Omega and page, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, get, if the idea is Kenny is going to be Kenny again, like, you know, I, I would love to see Kenny again, instead of him doing goofy vignettes with, uh, you know, the odd couple with Adam page, like that stuff is fun. But it's not main event. God, that segment this week, like the the, you know, the hype for the tag match. You got two teams just sitting there sleepwalking through their interviews. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, we're best friends. Oh, we're just friends. It's like, it's like can anyone get excited for this match coming up? Like, sell me. Sell me what's going to happen. Sell me. Make me, make me want to watch this. But they're just kind of like, oh, cool. I'm like, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what Toodles. they do. They they both have uh, big cards coming. And, and let me guess, Trent Trent's gonna probably spear someone on the outside. Uh, there's gonna be a hug spot that's gonna be broken up. There's gonna be a million V triggers. We're gonna kick out a million moves going about twenty minutes long. And and uh, that finisher they're gonna do, and then that they're gonna retain. I'd hope the best friends don't win the damn tiles. God, please don't do that. Like yeah, no, I, I you know you know I think it's gonna be good because I think the most important or maybe the 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 character who has gotten himself over the most in the most subtle of ways has been Adam Page and yeah. he's the most he's like one of the most interesting guys in the show and they they don't overexpose him which is great and i think he's going to he's going to have a good match on uh, Fighter Fest okay so um that is going to be it from here um we will uh, see everybody on a monday where, where we do our we want flair So for John, I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.